Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Confidence Through Cabaret. Thank you for joining us. I am so excited to be sharing this episode with you. Um, for those of you I haven't met before, Confidence Through Cabaret is all things confidence. That's what this podcast is about, anything that informs confidence. So if you want to get involved, then we are on all the socials as Confidence Through Cabaret. We are on uh, Twitter and Clubhouse as at YBYW. YS, as always, which stands for your body, your world, your stage. And today we are talking all about uh, body and mind transformation. So uh, just before I, I bring out my very special guest for today's episode, I just want to talk a little bit about, you know, confidence in our personal life, work life and stage life, because I know we're going to get into this in this episode. You know, I always say start from where you're strong. Where do you already have confidence? And where do you want to build more confidence? So if you are confident in your work life or aspects of your work life, but you want to get more confident in, in other aspects of your work life, great. If you're feeling it in your work life, but you want to be able to go on a stage life, whether that's a literal stage or whether that's, um, you know, doing Facebook lives or Instagram lives or, or, or you know, doing things on, on LinkedIn or whatever it is, wherever your stage is, then, you know, we can help you transfer those skills from where you're confident to where you're aiming to be more confident. So let's get into it. Uh, Jade Matthews is my guest today. And Jade is uh, a, an online fitness and strength coach. So her product right now is being called Jade's Body and Mind Transformation. And Jade is the owner and founder of Intuitive Fitness. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello. Hey. I just feel it's a appropriate to do the jazz hands like this is yes. I just love all of this cabaret performing I just love it it's just so in my ballpark <laughs> so thank you for having me it's such a pleasure you know you know cabaret is what I love about cabaret and where this is going to tie into what you do is is and this is the, the thing that I love the most about cabaret is that it is for every body do you know, mm -hmm. there, there isn't a body that's too big or too small or too tall or too short or too, too anything or not enough of anything. It is for every body because we all deserve to feel confident and to feel good in our body. Mm -hmm. Definitely. A hundred percent. And I know in your body and mind transformation work, you get involved in that. Yeah. So, so let's start off. Tell us a little bit about your work and what you do. And then I, I want to come back to that point. Okay, perfect. So I'm an online fitness and strength coach for women. So I help them build a body of their dreams. So whatever they want, whatever they're working for, we work on that together. And I also get, help them with their own inner confidence and also their body confidence to match that as well. So how do you find that that mind body connection? Like, do we start with a mindset and then start working on our body? Or do we work on our body and the mindset changes? Or how does that work for you? That's a really good question, actually, because a lot of people, I think this is where majority of people probably trip up. Because something I hear a lot from women is they're like, oh, you know, they're, they're aware that their mindset's not in the right place. And they're like, right, I'm going to try and work on my mindset first, and then start working on my body goals or my health goals or whatever it is that they have in place. But then they find that they're never actually doing anything because they're not taking any action. So that so because they're not taking any action, they don't have that 
result and because they don't have the result they don't, they don't have the confidence so it's kind of like a vicious circle of like almost waiting for the right time but then also we do have a lot of people who are working on themselves and they're trying to do all these fancy diets I'll come back to diets in a moment I'm very anti-diet but um they're trying all these fancy diets and they're like trying to fix their mindsets but they're kind of trying to put their mindset in a positive place but they're they're getting involved in like um unhealthy habits so they're still maybe nighttime snackers or bingers or emotional eaters or stuff like this so it's a case of kind of crossed wires should we say of where they're trying their best to kind of get out of a mindset that's maybe not serving them but then they're taking part in unhealthy habits such as those and like weighing themselves every day which is pointless anyway (laughs) yeah that's that's a that's a real trap and I know Mm -hmm. there are a lot of um body uh I'm going to call them loosely call them experts, but that would say weigh yourself every day, know what you weigh, know what your range is and stuff. But hormonally, wow, my my weight goes up and down. And oh, yeah, it is such a head fuck when you when you think I've been really working hard and I've just gained five pounds. And it's like, and then that can throw you off and make you not want to do it's like, what's the point then I might as well go and eat cupcakes and do nothing. Exactly. And that is exactly where I would say about 90% of women end up is because they say, well, I've been working out for X amount of time and I haven't even lost anything. So why should I even bother? Because they're not in tune with their body and they're not listening to their body. They're not listening to how they feel when actually they might feel 10 times better. And then they'll be like, oh, but I got on the scales and now I feel worse. And it's like, well, that threw you off because you said you were feeling better just five minutes ago. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a lot of... um you know, there's a lot of programs out there, you know, that you can pay money to that are very big. Um, mm-hmm. part of one. I don't want to, I don't want to advertise any of them. I, no. They are <laughs> helpful if you are really stuck and you just need to start momentum, but they, they aren't sustainable. Yeah. And I think, um, what in those kind of, we'll call them clubs where you go once a week and have a way in, it can be a useful thing for accountability because they have a discussion that goes with that to, mm-hmm. to discuss their feelings and so on. But if you're just in your bathroom scales by yourself and you, and you jump on them, then where's the support in that? And then, yeah. then if the whole thing goes, unless you have a personal fitness coach with you all the time, which would be insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just find them. And a lot of them are advertising themselves as like, we're not a diet program. We help you with habits. And it's like, yeah, but you tell people to weigh themselves every day. That's a diet program sorry to say yeah it's 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 a restriction i mean so so diet it took me a long time to realize that diet is just what you eat right mm-hmm. so you could have a diet of all salt sugar and fat stuff that's your diet mm-hmm. right so so that's how you're fueling yourself um and that's quite different to you know somebody who lives on you know very low calorie um, eating, you know, which is also not healthy. But, um, you know, I think I think it's so connected, which is why I'm so excited to be talking to you about it, because, you know, it, it, it what we eat affects our our hormones, which affects our mindset. And it goes in a big yeah. circle, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. And this is where so many people get mindset wrong. They kind of think it's just like, oh, I'm going to be positive about myself this week and I'm not going to beat myself up and I'm going to start enjoying this gym trip or whatever it is that they're doing and they think it's just about being positive uh, or saying motivational quotes to themselves or 
I, I don't know, just there's so much BS in so many of the Facebook groups. Um, but it's so much deeper than that. It's connecting your identity to and like what is it that you connect with in your identity? A lot of women are connecting oh well I always lose the same 10 pounds so I'm going to lose the same 10 pounds again and then that's my limit they kind of put a limit on themselves of what they can and can't do and because it's only worked that way for them for that many years they just assume oh well that's all I can do that I'm never going to get any better than this and they kind of engage subconsciously in the same activities which give them the same result so it's all about you know they're not challenging themselves enough basically in the sense of when I say challenge themselves enough is they're not pushing themselves out of their comfort zone. They're kind of doing what they know and what they're comfortable with and then not reaping the result that they want. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's, that's true of so many things, isn't it? That's, that's true. Whether you're talking about, you know, money mindset, whether you're talking about, you know, sure. your stage life, that's, you know, there, I, 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 been coaching for over 25 years and most of my clients came from the corporate environment where I'd work with them, run a training program for them and then do some coaching with them. Yeah. And they were always surprised about how much this, you know, career coaching or work-life coaching was affecting their personal life. Yeah. And I was saying, it's all you. Like it's, it's all connected. Yep. And it always amazes me when people uh, get confused about how how connected it is so i think you know affirmations are great if they're done properly you know um eating plans are great if they're done properly you know mm -hmm. like you can really easily end up messing with your own mindset by you know putting yourself in a scarcity mindset or not really believing your affirmations and going through the motions or you know you, you can really easily get it wrong i mean that's that's why coaching industry has just ballooned right yeah a hundred percent how did you get into this? Well, I was, I've, okay, there's a long, long story here. I've always been active. So prior to becoming um, a personal trainer, I was a dancer. So I've been dancing since I was about five, six years old. Um, I danced competitively for about eight years in the UK. And when it came to diets and everything, that's all I knew because I had been in the dance world for so long. And the dance world is of course rife with diet culture. I didn't know anything else. So I just grew up thinking this is normal. Everybody starves themselves. So I'm going to do the same because I literally don't know anything else. So on top of the fact that I had diet culture surrounded by me almost most of my life, pretty much majority of it. On top of that, my mother was always dieting. So she was always on a diet. Um, she's always struggled with her weight. She's always struggled finding clothes to fit. And she's. I've always watched her like eat like lettuce and like these salads and you know, I'm on a new diet starting Monday. And this is the narrative I grew up around. Like I didn't know anything else. So I realized throughout my 20s, I had disordered eating, where I just didn't, it's not so much an eating disorder. It's just not, you, you just have a very warped idea of like control and what you can and can't eat, putting all these silly restrictions in place. And, you know, I used to do the whole Monday, Friday eating healthy and then binging on the weekends. Like I've been there, done that, bought the T-shirt, literally everything. So I just got to the age of like 27 and I was like, I think this is enough. Like this needs to stop. Are you going to live the rest of your life like this? You know, it was affecting my relationships. It was affecting my career. Um, it was affecting mainly my relationships because I would self-sabotage and not go out with friends because I was like, no, I can't have 
those drinks because they're too calorific and I've got to look skinny in my outfit next week when I have a dance competition. It was just so toxic and it was so exhausting. So I got into training. I didn't step foot in a gym until I was about 27. And then three years later, I was a personal trainer and here I am. Now I'm online. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. And how are you finding it being online as opposed to being like working physically next to somebody? I actually find it so much more beneficial because it's actually easier. And I say that because first and foremost, everything's becoming virtual anyway, with or without COVID. I think we all know that everything's eventually going to become virtual. So that's becoming easier in the sense that people just want someone in their pocket, like on an app. And this is just the reality. But also I can coach them on a, so much of a deep level because in the gym, it was just a case of like, oh yeah, here's the hour we have together, do some X, Y, Z exercise. Okay, I'll see you next week, same time. Whereas now with clients, I can always communicate with them. We've got a community going, we've got group chats. It's not just about, oh, I've lost this or my waist has gone down two inches or stuff like that. It's a lot more than it's so much deeper. So it's about their confidence. It's about their mindset. It's how they show up in their jobs and their businesses. It's how they show up to their partners. And I love seeing that transformation. And that's why I really hone in on the mindset transformation as opposed to obviously the aesthetic transformations as well. Yeah. And I think I love that because although we have to have personal time boundaries around not being available 24 seven, we, we mm -hmm. can check in with people. How are you doing? You know, and, and, you know, do have personal messages and have group discussions and so on. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that, I mean, that's just the, the way things are going now, as you say, um, yeah. I guess there will always be those who like, uh, so uh, I, uh, what I'm thinking is um, I did a lot of, uh, I have a pole in my living room, an aerial pole in my living room. So I wow. do a lot of pole and floor work oh, yeah. because I'm committed to aerial, right? So I never actually, if I'm honest, I, before COVID, I never really used my pole at home. Mm -hmm. Other than if I was rehearsing for a show or something, I never, I never really got on it because I was always at the studio. But, yeah. um, but, but during COVID, I was so thankful because I could do things at home with my pole. And then after a while, it started to get really quite stale because you're not interacting in the same kind of way and so mm -hmm. on. But the difference between that and what you're talking about is that it was literally just classes. And we we knew each other. We were friends. We'd have a little bit of a chat before and after the classes and things. But, uh, but we didn't have that extra support. So it, it was really just a home version of going to the gym or the studio. Yeah. And what you're talking about is something entirely different because you're talking about you know, everybody can be doing their own thing on their own time, but also have that that connection and discussion with people from all over the world, right? Yeah, that is what I love the most. Literally how you've just put it is exactly how it is. It's that I'm doing this on my own time because everyone's got their own lifestyles and everybody has their own, you know, work schedules and family schedules and everything else. Yet they can, we're just in each other's pockets in the sense of like, let me just ask on the group and somebody will be able to help me and it doesn't matter whether I'm in the UK and they're in the States or someone's in Australia it's just that community it's a circle so that's what I absolutely love about it yeah absolutely um are you happy to share what your Facebook group is called um I don't have um a Facebook group for like uh, just an open one an open the only one. the only group chat I have is with clients I love yeah. that I love that because that means I, I, I'm I, 
I genuinely mean this. Like, I think there are a lot of groups that are really healthy and really helpful, um, but they can become toxic in a, yes. in a weird way. So they can become really toxic in an obvious way where, you know, people are, are, are being, you know, phobic in various ways or, you mm-hmm. know, opinions are, are, are slanting things, but, but they can also become, um, disempowering in that if you're in a group where everybody's going yes I love this but doing nothing mm-hmm, exactly it, it loses its momentum definitely I talk a lot in, in my Facebook community which is open as confidence recovery on Facebook I talk a lot about you need to be taking action yeah and a few weeks ago I sort of said all right all right I'm this is fine. I'm happy to, you know, share things with you guys. And, and, and I, you know, I love it when people say, Oh, this is great. But, um, I, I've now started a separate group. That's just like, you know, if you want to take action, if you want to do something, yeah, let's be in that environment. And that's a very different thing uh, yeah, because people sure. are really more open and more vulnerable and more, you know, and, and genuinely seeking advice, not just kind of shopping around like a tourist. Yeah, I don't. I This is when I first started out online. Of course, I had a Facebook group and I did everything in my power to get it going and to make it positive and to make it because I know what the health and fitness groups are like on Facebook. They are literally um, a lot of them, if I'm honest, a cesspit for spammy pammies and oh I've got this detox shake do you want to buy it off me and all of this so I had to be careful because I'm like the last thing I want to come across as is that type of person but um but then also it was again for me it was about the act I'm a very action orientated person results driven and I do expect that from clients in the sense of like listen you can do things at your own pace just make sure you're doing them it doesn't matter. You don't have to like work on a motor like me. I work very quickly, but that's just me. That's just natural. I don't expect everyone in that sense to work as quickly, but just do it. Just just get it done yeah. because progress is better than perfection. But trying to say that to people and getting them to actually implement that is a lot harder than it sounds. And I totally understand that because I've, I'm a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> so for me, I have to remind myself sometimes that like, you're trying to make this too perfect and that's why it's not working. So... I have to be really careful if I ever get back into that mindset to like stop and be like, "Mm, get out of this mindset, just get the stuff done so that you have that momentum. And of course it has massive effects on your confidence because perfectionism, people think perfectionists have got it all together, but they're the last people who have it together. In my opinion, they they just, I don't think they have it as together as they assume they do. I think it's an illusion. Yeah, I think, um, so I, um, went through a real awakening during COVID in that because I don't have very much introverted energy as a preference, mm-hmm. so I kept very very busy, and and what I found out is that that's because I didn't want to, you know, think about the the questions I wasn't ready to answer, like how mm-hmm. do I feel, like and what do I really want, and and those kind of fairly simple but deep questions, and I think it's it's really easy to get into the whole thing with exercise where you kind of like you're not in the mood that day or there's a low energy or something's going on and then you're like oh I want to I want to half-ass this I I I had to really force myself to to remember that even if it's not perfect even if I'm halfway doing it it's better than not doing it at all Mm -hmm. 
And then the same with eating. You know, if I had too many cookies, then it's not, oh, well, that's it now. I've ruined the day. I might as well eat everything, you know? Yeah. You know, so there's there's a lot of little mind traps that when when I had time alone and when and when I when I was, you know, listening to my own voice and my own body, I was kind of realizing those those little traps that happen. And that's where it can be really great to go through and work with a community that are that are actually holding themselves accountable and mm-hmm. calling out those those beliefs and voices. Yeah, for sure, definitely. And this is what I tend to do um just I understand it's not going to happen overnight and it's one thing being aware of something that you're doing which isn't serving you but then it's another thing to be like right I'm I'm getting sick of this and it's not serving me it's keeping me in square one I'm not getting any you know I'm not getting any movement with anything that I want so I'm gonna have to do something about this (laughs) you know there's there's that as well but that initial move just does take is quite hard for a lot of people yeah yeah absolutely absolutely Okay, so so you were on stage dancing. Yes. Competing. I miss the stage. What kind of dance did you do? Um, I am classically trained from the age of five, so ballet from the age of five. And um, then I went into Latin American and ballroom dancing. So what you see on like Dancing with the Stars and Strictly. Um, I went into that because it actually suited my personality better. Don't get me wrong. I love ballet. I still have my ballet shoes, but um, aesthetically someone didn't fit the bill. So um, yeah. So Latin, my mum took, my mum found these salsa classes and she was like, look, my mum's quite straight talking. She was like, look, you're not really a ballerina let's face it so do you want to try this dancing as well she was like I've seen these these salsa classes and I think they really suit you she was like both your character and everything and that was it I was sold because I was like this is me this is literally me in a dance so that's how I got into it and then from there I found like a school that does I was like mum I want to compete I want to be the best in the UK like that was it the end of the discussion when I make a decision I'm like this is it I want to be the best Give me the best teachers and I will do anything to be the best. So I went on to compete at Blackpool, which is like the home of ballroom. So, yeah, and I became a UK champion in 2014, I believe. Yeah. That's amazing. That's that's amazing. <laughs> so much fun. Yeah. Um, I, I am, I mean, I'm a, a paid performer, but I'm, but it's, but I would never, that's not my profession, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have no rhythm. I don't remember choreography or steps, um, and and so I, I'm the diametrically opposed dancer to you, which is oh maybe, okay. You know, because you know what? You, That's interesting. You should say I that. Have, I have no rhythm. No, I have it's, no, and I can never remember choreography, even if I write it myself. It's easier <laughs> if I write it myself, but I yeah. still don't remember it. That's crazy that you don't, that you're the only, you're another person who's said, I don't, I can't remember choreography because my husband would say the same because I sometimes watch Strictly and he's like, I don't, he goes, I would be useless on this because I'd forget my choreography. And I'm like, no, you wouldn't. And he's like, I don't get how you remembered. Because I said to him in my, in my first, because I danced with two different schools in my first year of dancing, we had to do 10 dances. We had to learn five ballroom, five Latin and he was like, I don't get how you remember the choreography of 10 dances. And I said to him, it's about, for me, it's the music. I never, I don't, I don't listen to music. I feel it. I know that sounds really 
I'm sorry if it sounds a little bit woo woo, but um, that's just me. I'm, I'm like, I don't listen to music. I don't listen to it. I feel it. And then I just get on with it. That's how I work. So that's how it helped me. But I don't know how it works for others. <laughs> so I also feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I need to move. So I, I mean, it's a little bit different because I do burlesque, but um, mm-hmm. oh, I, okay. uh, I have a narrative I have a story to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a character, um, which is a, an extension of me, uh, and and I move. So if I'm learning something that somebody else has created, I guess it's a, a bit like you know p- people who are on stage as actors, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't usually write it; mm-hmm. they were directed by somebody else most often. And so it's it, it's still an extension of them, but they're 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 playing something that somebody else wrote for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas I need to be just feeling that character and that message and moving in in feeling the music. Mm-hmm. And so some of it. So if I'm if I'm learning choreography, and I have done it many times, especially if you're if you're doing something and you know you're you're um performing with somebody else yeah um you kind of have to stick to the script but i am quite quite known for freestyling and then people are going what's happening and then i and then i come back to the choreography (laughs) that's fun though that's fun to have that like my dance partner and instructor was like no we don't do that here and i was like no but if i ever if we ever go wrong like let's just style it out you know yeah and i remember i studied performing arts in in college and there was a time there where we had to do Shakespeare. Like everybody had to do a Shakespeare at least once. So in the two years that I studied drama, we did a Shakespeare. And my mum was like, oh, this is so exciting. I can't wait to come and watch you. She's like, what are you going to do if you forget your lines? And I was like, oh, I'm just going to like, you know, we're just going to freestyle. And then it was somebody else where my drama teacher was like, yeah, you don't freestyle Shakespeare. You can't make that up. You literally, you cannot. And I think Dustin Hoffman said something very famous. He was like, you can't improvise this shit so yeah but as long as you know the rough story and you're still carrying on with telling the story you can always veer off script (laughs) yeah yeah maybe I did actually make a huge mistake because it was like you know in Shakespeare it's like act one scene three and blah 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 it was literally like act five scene one and I started I opened it out by saying my lines from another set I don't even know which set I was just on autopilot so I started saying these lines and I was like it's the wrong fucking scene it was literally in my head and all the other actors were just sitting there like okay we can't say our lines because you're not saying your lines properly but um the funny thing is I told my drama teacher afterwards because she was in the audience looking right at me and I said to her I'm so sorry I was like I said the wrong lines in this act and she was like when and I said oh you know in act five scene one and she was like I didn't even realize (laughs) I was like, yeah, okay. Because you said them with conviction, right? <laughs> That's my dad. But yeah. that brings me actually to, to something that we we started talking about before we before we started recording this, which I wanted to come back to, which is that bit about like, you know, if you if you portray confidence then that's what people will will see and experience from you but it isn't always necessarily true mm-hmm. so as a dancer being very confident does that mean that you're confident in other areas of your life i don't think it does personally especially as i remember my dancing days i was not confident in the slightest in myself i did not 
I wasn't confident like when I went to work, like when I was with friends, when I was at the pub around other people, I wasn't confident at all. I thought I had to really try hard to get people to like me. But when I was on the stage in my outfits, I was a different person because the music came on and I was like, oh, this is me. This is this is my thing. But now it's a different story. Now you, it's all about inner confidence. It's about, you know, not everyone's going to like you and that's okay. You're just going to have to get on with it because the truth is not everyone is going to like you. It doesn't matter who you are. It literally doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter, like, if you've been to the moon and back, <laughs> if you're Kim K, like, there's still people who don't like her, you know, but it doesn't matter what you do. You, this is why inner confidence is so important because it's down to you to make that decision of like, oh yeah, this person doesn't like, that's cool. That's cool. We, we don't have to like each other, but we're going to be cool with each other. You know, there's that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think very often, so my, in my, in my training world, the most uh, requested product that, that I offer is around personality preferences and mm -hmm. when we talk about introversion and extroversion and what it really means, mm -hmm. um, then then very often the introverts will say, well, extroverts are more confident. And it's not true. No. In fact, sometimes it's a compensation for being confident or wanting to appear confident and a lack of confidence or, you know, however you want to put it. But exactly. I, think, I think it's 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 that bit about very often an introvert who who takes the time to pause and have that you know, dialogue with themselves and process has that more, that greater confidence that extroverts are, don't allow for. So we, we express our confidence in very different ways. And I think it's, it's a, it's a real, I mean, you look at Barbara Streisand, right? She's, she's virtually reclusive. She, she has to go through all kinds of hypnotherapy to get onto a stage because there's just, she's just not comfortable with that. And yet mm -hmm. when she's on there, it's like, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know. It's a different, yeah, a lot of actors deal with this, actually. A lot of actors, people think they're, they're like, really confident people, and they're, they're not. They're not all like that. You don't know what it's like when they're at home on their own or with their family. You don't know how they think and feel about themselves. And it doesn't matter how much money they earn or how many projects they have or how many films they've been in. They still probably go home and maybe um and are about, like, did I give my best performance? Like, oh, I could have done better with X, Y, Z like they've still got that doubt as well everybody needs that little push here and there and that little bit of help you know they're not invincible because they're in Hollywood <laughs> no and I think I I, uh, I performed three weeks ago for the first time since COVID um, on a live stage and I, I did two two new acts and I, I I there was huge resistance about me doing it because I'm nowhere near the um, strength and um uh, flexibility and mm -hmm. even size that I was at pre-COVID yeah and so there was there was a lot of shame coming up about mm, I don't like my body I don't feel good in it I don't and I I really had to work that through in order to say you know what I still get to go and show up yeah wherever I want to show up even though I'm a different size than I would like to be I had, you know, I had to go through a real acceptance of where am I now? And particularly mm -hmm. when you're, you know, in burlesque, it's not, it's, we're not always um, stripping or taking off clothes, but, but oftentimes we are. Yeah. And, and certainly I was. So for me to be able to go and present my body and be confident and take up space and really own it, I had to really go through that, you know, like 
you know, genuine confidence because you can't fake it when you're that vulnerable, uh, you know, mm -hmm. and it comes back to that piece that you're talking about with the judgment that not everybody's going to like you. Most of the time people are rooting for you if you're in the right community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And I had huge resistance going online with my business because of all this, like, oh, she's just another personal trainer. She tells us that you can have abs and eat cake and, you know, all these, the stereotypes that go with certain jobs as well. Like there's definitely a lot of stereotype around my job and around what I supposedly make people do. But um, that that's why I had to go through that because I still feel vulnerable now sometimes, but you know, it's, it's, we're all learning. And I think, I think I certainly, uh, I, so I had to go through the bit about, you know, why do I want abs? Well, so if it's just because it looks better and, and it and therefore it feels better because other people are gonna think better of me or whatever, then, mm -hmm. then that's bullshit and I'm not doing that. Yeah. Um, but, but for me, I, I, I do need that strength because to do aerial work, I need to rebuild strength. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you know, I, like I, I literally have to start on the floor again and start working my way up the, the, the aerial um, yeah. uh, equipment. Um, and a lot of people will say, oh, I can't do that because you need all the strength. Well, you get the strength by doing the thing. And so it's a vicious circle. So we start exactly. and we build. And I know that and I tell people that, but then I wasn't living it. And I had to go back to what is going on here? Like, wh what is, where is this body? Sh I'm the only one shaming my body right now. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody else was. Um, and in fact, it was a lot of fun. And I freestyled just for the record. There, I couldn't. I couldn't cope with choreography. It was just way too many things. Um. Why not? <laughs> if if you you seem to be well, you seem to do well at it though. It's like some people would freeze and be like, I don't know my choreography, and other people just go on, get on with it like yourself and just freestyle because I think that's the better option, really. Yeah, and I think <laughs> I think at that point, if I'd have because I had so many other things going on about mm, is is my body okay, is my costume okay, I, and because I needed to to work through those things, the last thing I needed to be thinking about was oh, I missed a step. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows. Yeah, but, unless you tell unless you tell them exactly. So, so I didn't, so I, and I thought, well, I, I don't want to be responsible for all that stuff as well, you know? So, um, so, so I had a lot of fun, but, but I think, I think it's that bit about, it's, it's a vicious circle again. So, so I need to start because my mind says, you know, I'm, I'm committed and then start working on get, regaining the body. For me, that's where that starts. If I try and force my body, my mind will go, nope. You could stay in bed for another half an hour. There's a cool thing on Netflix you could do, you know, and and so and so for me, it has to start from that mindset of like, what's going on? Where's the resistance coming from? Mm -hmm. And definitely, then yeah, for sure, a hundred percent. Having that self awareness is so key. Yeah. So you have you run challenges though, right? Yes, I do. I do run challenges, and confidence definitely comes up in them as well because. Well, I find a lot of the health and fitness challenges are just like, yeah, do some burpees and let's get sweaty. And I'm like, okay, that's cool and everything. But what is this person gaining? Like when I'm doing a five day challenge and I'm planning them out, I'm like, right, this is how I want this person. This is what I want them to get. This is how I want them to feel at the end. And I want them to gain X amount of knowledge and confidence and God knows what else on everything we're going to go through. It's not just a case of like, let's get sweaty. Because you can do that with anyone at any time. <laughs> Literally, I can just put YouTube on and do it now. Yeah. So, how do your five day challenges work? What do you what What do you take people through? 
I take them for a journey of, first of all, because I work with a lot of time poor women. And what I mean by that is a lot of them are like um, entrepreneurs and business owners who are very short on time. Sometimes they have families next to that as well. Not all the time, but a lot of the time they have families as well. So they're very short on time. And of course, with a lot of women as they're perfectionists, they're like, well, I'm not starting this unless I've got all my ducks in a row. Which, um, of course, as you know, when you're waiting for to get your ducks in a row, nothing ever happens because it doesn't exist. So first and foremost, I start off the challenge with a workout, not a live workout. It's a workout that they can literally do in their own time at any point of the day, whenever they want. It's that I concentrate if I'm ever short on time, I go to the gym or I'm at home. I concentrate on workouts that are just going to hit the most muscle groups at once instead of just like five minutes of cardio or something along those lines. And then the next two days, we go through nutrition. We go through how easy it is actually to get a balanced meal together without taking too much thought process into it or freaking out or panicking. Then I go through the emotional side of food. So this is the most important. So right in the middle of the training, we'll be doing um, removing emotions from food, nighttime snacking, emotional eating, all of these things which play a part in how we process what we eat and why we eat them and our behaviors surrounding why we reach for certain foods. And then on the fourth day, which is my favorite, is obviously the confidence sector. So we go all about confidence and how you actually, because a lot of people want, like a lot of women I speak to, I'm like, why do you want this specific goal? Say it's to lose 10 kg. They're like, because I want to feel more confident. And that's not just physically, that's, you know, you want to feel confident in your abilities. So I want to be able to stick to something. And the reason a lot of women lack that confidence is because they start diet programs and they start these meal plans and they don't stick them out. And then they go, oh, there's a problem with me. So they lose their belief and their trust in themselves. And then they think they can't do it again. So then they're like, well, last time I, I messed up. So this time I'm going to mess up. I'm not going to bother because I'd rather save myself the like hassle and everything. So we go through confidence, how to push past confident, uh, like that confidence block that they're struggling with. And then the last day, it's all about consistency. Because again, with a lot of five day challenges, it's all about, you know, they're not telling you how to actually be consistent. They're just telling you what to do on the day. And it's like, well, some people, they, a lot of people need that consistency. They need that momentum going. And then, of course, once you have that momentum going, your confidence grows because you're trusting yourself that you can actually do things. That's wonderful. And that, that covers such a great range for mind and body. And as we've said, that's just so connected. And I think, you know, there, there is a lot about why we eat, not just what we eat. Yes. Um, and it's quite interesting. I used to work with, with teenagers before COVID. Um, uh, it was a self-esteem program that was run by the UK government. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it was a, a lot to do with, you know, um, eating patterns was what it came down to is, you know, the self-esteem of, I feel bad. So I'm going to go and eat the very thing that's going to be counter to what I'm aiming for. Yeah. Um, and it, I, I ended up insisting from, from the primary care trust that they let me see the parents once a week. Okay. Uh, and it was interesting because the parents were installing the same, strategies about emotional eating that they had had mm -hmm. so we had to kind of go and unpick that for them as adults and then talk about why they were you know forming these things with their children as well yeah you know and I I, I think it, there, there are actually 
quite deep-seated patterns about why we eat things and how we use food. Yes. Oh, of course, definitely. I uh, Everything you've said is just so bang on, especially with whoever we've been raised around, whether it's parents, carers, whoever raised us. However we think and feel about food is there's a strong chance we're going to pick up those habits anyway. Like I picked up my mum's disordered eating uh, without even realising because she just thought it was completely normal to like skip your evening meal and not eat until the next morning. Like she thought that was completely normal. So, of course, I thought that was completely normal as well. And I always say something on my profile, especially when I'm like with my content, I I have the saying that I stand by, which is question the behavior not the food that you're reaching for because a lot of people when I say to them what's stopping you from hitting x goal they say oh it's carbs it's chocolate it's ice cream so they blame the food they say oh it's because I like chocolate it's because I like ice cream and they think that when they eat that food that's the problem they're like oh that's the problem it's because I've eaten it and I'm like yeah but why did you eat it did you actually fancy it because if you did that's fine but are you always eating you know, there's this portion control as well, because obviously if somebody struggles with binge eating or emotional eating, they're not going to go, oh, you know what? I'm going to have a little bit of that ice cream from the tub and then I'm going to put the tub back in the freezer. They don't think there's no thought process there. It's I'm eating, you're literally eating your emotions. It's the same with a family pack of chocolate. If I fancy a chocolate bar, I'm going to go to the shops and get a chocolate bar, like a, a one for me, a single one. They'll be like, no, I'm getting a whole bag of sweets and I'm going to demolish the entire bag. So it's like finding that discrepancy in the behavior, not, oh, the sweets are the problem because they're full of sugar. It's like, yeah, we know they're full of sugar, but question your behavior as to why you feel like you need the entire bag. That's how I see it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And there's 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 very few people who don't have the cues from from their body to tell them whether they're hungry or not. I know there are some who have that, but but for most of us, we can tell when we are hungry and we yeah. don't tune into that. Does my body need fuel? Yeah, definitely. That's why yeah. that's one of the reasons I called my company Intuitive Fitness, because it's again, it's same with training. You've got to listen to what your body is telling you. A lot of women come to me and they say, oh, I need to exercise every single day. I'm like, you don't. Yeah. And when they mean every single day, they mean they're going hard every single day. It's not even a mixture of like intensities. It's a case of I'm hitting the gym, pumping the iron, lifting the weights every single day. And you don't need to do that because, well, first of all, you're not doing anything. In, you're actually doing more damage than good because your body's not resting. It's not recovering. Therefore, it's, the muscles aren't strengthening. But they say when they sit down and have a rest day, they're like, well, I feel lazy. And again, it's this is this is not a physical thing. This is a mental block. This is a this is a lack of that's a lack of confidence. That's a lack of confidence in your training because you think you're not doing enough. You feel like you're not doing enough. Yeah, I think I, I um, because I had kind of a feast or famine thing. If I was if I was away working before COVID, then I could I, I would do some some sort of physical activity, but I would get to the studio as soon as possible. And if I had a week where I wasn't away, I was at the studio all week. Mm -hmm. every evening and I would do three or four hours of aerial in an evening oh wow that's a lot which is <laughs> which is very punishing for my body mm -hmm. um the reality I found out after after lockdown started is that was because that kept me busy and sitting brought up all kinds of emotional stuff that I did not want to face mm -hmm. so it wasn't like I was getting so much better at aerial although I was having a lot of fun 
it was a way it was my way of hiding from yeah real issues of course and I what you've said just highlights what I think a lot of women actually go through because it's a case of like if they sit down and have five minutes to themselves they're gonna have to face the music and they don't want to do that yeah and you have to face the music Oh, you have to. Otherwise, it just keeps chasing you anyway. If it doesn't come up now, it's going to come up 10 weeks later or however long later. So you might as well just face it now and get it out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, COVID, for giving me that. Yeah. I think COVID's (laughs) taught us all a lesson there, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So speaking of facing the music. So if you were uh, going to perform cabaret and cabaret could be uh, singing, could be dancing, but not dance you've done before. because, yeah, that'd be way too easy. Uh, so it could be singing, could be dancing, could be drag queen or drag king, could be uh, comedy, could be anything. I mean, cabaret is really defined by being on a stage in a small club. So most comedians mm-hmm. it started in, in a cabaret club, for example. Um, what kind of what kind of performance would you prefer to do? OK, this is a good question. I miss performing. I really miss being on the stage. Um, so this is bringing back all sorts for me, but I would honestly do a cabaret. I'd also do a comedy because uh, I think, well, I'm a bit ballsy of me to say this, but I think I'm funny. <laughs> I mean, and you could do, I mean, that, that's what I love. You could do like, like a burlesque act where yeah. it stops and then you speak into the mic or, or, or physical comedy. Yeah, I just I loved all of that, especially it just takes me back to my drama days where we were doing a variety performance and we got to choose what we wanted to do because our drama teachers were like, you choose what you want to do. You can pair up with people, do a duet, do a song, whatever. And everybody was like, oh, Jade's going to do a dance, obviously, because she's a dancer. She's going to get her ballet shoes out and her tutu. And I was like, no, actually, I'm not because I do that all the time. So why am I going to do that? It's not a challenge for me. It's, It's I enjoy it, but it's not a challenge anymore. So I decided to do a stand-up comedy and everybody was like, what? They were like, yeah, but you don't even like, what do you mean? What are you going to talk about? And I didn't know what I was going to talk about. I just decided there and then I was like, I'm going to do a stand-up. And it was the best experience of my life. I found it hilarious. I just couldn't, I just, I just watched all my favorite comedians. And so I could see their like cadence on stage and how they come, like, you don't just go up and tell a joke. A lot of com- a lot of comedians actually like they talk about their life experience. Obviously, they're probably exaggerated, but um, yeah. But either way, they talk about their life experiences of when they travelled or when they met certain people. And I I love listening to certain comedians speak about how because my parents are immigrants, so they, they they have immigrant parents as well, and how they view life in the UK as an immigrant child and everything. And I could really resonate with that because I was like, that's like me. Like I have immigrant parents, and I could really laugh at them because I was like, I know what he's talking about when he says that. So I just did that. I did something along those lines. I just I found it hilarious. Wow, that's brave. <laughs> that is so brave. That's amazing. <sighs> Um, so what one part you can besides a microphone what, or something, you know, like that you've already used, like, like your ballet shoes or your tutu. Um, <laughs> I love that you have a tutu. I've always wanted to have a tutu. Um, I, I, aside from the things that you've already used, what one prop would you want to have on the stage with you? Oh, I'd like a hat. Oh, like a top hat? hat, pop a hat. Top hat. Okay. And like, I'm picturing this top hat now. Is it quite tall? 
Yeah, but for some reason, I get I always think of top hat and cane at the same time. But obviously, if it's only one, then I'll go with the top hat. hat. Okay, but if you could, you'd have a cane as well. Okay, and is this like a like what colors a hat? Um, it's like a silky black with a gold band, like the typical stereotypical one that we get in our heads. That's just the image I get. <laughs> oh, that's amazing! That's amazing. It's interesting because um, there's a connection to that. That is kind of like a you know, what, what makes us feel safe or what brings out a character or, you know, what, what we've seen that has kind of ignited something in us. It's, it, there's an emotional attachment to these, you know, kind of answers. Why mm -hmm. a hat? It's weird. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a weird one. Hmm. I think it's because I like the whole um, behavior and mannerisms that come with a hat, you know, like you tip it, or you can throw it or stuff like that. Like I like all of that that comes with it. <laughs> that's that's fun. That's really fun. That's it's I'm I'm sort of picturing a little bit of a, a Bob Fosse influence in there. Yes. Oh my god, Fosse dancing. Yeah, like definitely. It's very um it's very seductive. I think that's the right word. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And I think I think um, you know, you for it's for some people they would choose hat. Uh, because they can hide behind it. Mm -hmm. They can cover themselves with it. Okay. And then I love that you're talking about choosing a hat because you can throw it and, you know, like as in be playful and take up and own more space. I think that's really fun. I like this. This is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like my inner child's really happy right now. <laughs> yeah. But it, but that's the whole point, right? Is to, it, I mean, it should be fun. Yeah. No, it's true. Definitely. Like I just, I just, right. I had parents who were not impressed with, um, well, don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't mean to slate them or anything. They weren't impressed with me being the arty farty. I want to be on stage child. Um, Cause my brother was like really academic and they were like, can you be really academic like him? Like we need you to go uni, not need you, but because they didn't have that opportunity, they wanted me to obviously do it. And I was like, no, I want to go drama school. Like, I want to be on stage. I want to be in musicals. And my mum was not having any of it. She was like, but you can't even sing. And I was like, I don't need to sing. I was like, I can just dance and act. But yeah. it's never too late. <laughs> it's never too late. Absolutely. And there's auto-tune now. So, you know, you could, <laughs> you could sing probably too if you wanted. I'm sure you, I'm sure you can. I mean, we all can sing. That's that's the ironic thing. Mm -hmm. we, all can sing. we all have different degrees of, of how, how, great it sounds but we all can sing just like we all can draw right I mean yeah we limit ourselves so much with this and yeah. yet I I'm happy to go on stage and do full-blown I mean my last what my last uh cabaret performance I had a full body size vagina that I that I played with that I made um wow that and the whole thing um you can see it on confidence to cabaret.com I'm I'm not hugely advertising that but you can see it um and 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 so but and I had a lot of fun with it but you know <laughs> it's not that would certainly never be my parents' dream I'd probably never discuss it with them but you know I think I think expressions of ourselves are so important mm -hmm you know, and not limiting how we express ourselves. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And the school system does it. The school system limits everything. Mm -hmm. Takes it, everyone right. in a box. And then it says like, okay, you can be a singer and you can't. It's like everybody can sing and we all mm -hmm. should be. But karaoke 
is my nemesis. I do not sing. I hate it. I enjoy it. I enjoy it very yeah. much in the car. I will sing in a group in karaoke, but I'll, mm -hmm. I won't sing by myself in karaoke. Can't yeah. Oh, I believe in... Is a giant <laughs> vagina. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've all got something we bring to the table, right? I mean, I can't sing. And my husband will tell you that as well, because I always, I sing, but I can't sing, if that makes sense. So he's always like, oh my God, you're tone deaf. He was like, I literally, you sound the same with every song that you sing. I sing to myself when I'm walking down the street, listening to my headphones. I don't care anymore. I think I must've hit that age. You know, when we all hit that milestone of like zero fucks given, I think I finally hit that. Um, maybe there's more to come, who knows? Um, but yeah, I sing when I'm running as well. Yeah. <laughs> Singing is a good thing to do. Singing is a good outlet and everybody can do it. Just like mm -hmm. everybody can create and, you know, draw or paint or whatever. It might not be to the standard that you wanted to, but that's not different to what, what we were talking about in terms of, you know, our, our body size or shape or fitness or, or whatever. Um, and then these questions around like, you know, what, what, what kind of prop would you have and why is, is you know, it's, it's a little bit like the eating. Why do you do that? You know, what's mm -hmm. that telling you? And, and so I love exploring. I adore props i adore you know expression especially with zero fucks given you know mm -hmm. because that's very often when we're at our most playful self and play is so important yeah i just i miss it i if i could find a drama class near me i'd go just to have fun just to like be myself and not feel like i have to hide i spent my 20s thinking other than when i was on the stage because obviously I worked in corporate, but, and corporate is one way to like <laughs> shrink yourself. I just felt like I, I was like a deflated balloon of like, oh, I'm meant to be blown up, but I'm just going to hang here like a wet lettuce. <laughs> I just felt like I've spent the last 10 years thinking I have to be a wet lettuce. And now in my early thirties, I'm starting to really like, oh no, actually I'm going to sing as loud as I want. And I don't care who's listening or watching. <laughs> no, no, exactly, exactly. Okay, so so one last question on the cabaret thing, man. And okay. I want you to answer quite immediately as soon as something comes to your mind. Mm -hmm. So except for any that you might have used before, uh, so you're about to do this this cabaret number, which is comedy and, and cabaret dance. Uh, you've got your hat and maybe a cane. What is your stage name that you're being introduced as? Oh, I don't know why, but uh, Cherry Pop has just popped into my head. Cherry Pop? But Cherry Pop sounds more like a like his adult entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like, like let, let's, not, let's not judge this, right? This yeah. Fun, right? Because Cherry Pop is also quite a cheesy little pop kind of a thing, right? It's quite a, quite a you know, like a, like a girl band kind of thing. Yeah, and I think it's because of the red lips as well. Maybe I'm thinking like cherries or strawberries, but cherry, definitely cherry. Right? Yeah, and also you've just been talking about balloons, so just saying. Mm, so yeah. this is expanded. Yeah. Right, this, this is This is completely out there. Oh my God, I'm loving this. Like I need to find a drama class to go to just to get this out of my system. <laughs> okay, so it is September as we're recording this. Um, so, and in the UK especially, uh, panto season is just around the corner. Um, mm -hmm. You probably need to go and find, even if it's an, an amateur dramatics production, you probably need to go and find something to be in. And pantomime would be the, the most fun play to get back in. 
Oh my god, yeah. Like, do these guys? I used to audition for um, musicals when I was about seventeen, eighteen. I used to go to the Pineapple Studios in London and queue up outside and audition for these shows. I had no idea what an audition was because, I mean, I knew obviously on on a standard level what it was. I didn't know what they wanted me to ever do, but I'd stand outside that building and be like, I'm go- getting on this show. I don't care what they want me to do. And I'd not tell my parents because they'd just be like, you're an idiot. <laughs> but um, I, I, and when they'd be like, oh, where have you been today? I'd be like, I went to the Pineapple Studios for an audition. They're like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I went to audition for fame. Is that a problem? <laughs> Obviously, I never like, sometimes I w- I'd get through like the first or second round, but I didn't have any of these professional headshots. Like all these other girls would turn up. They'd have their professional headshots and their CD music ready and all there. Like, oh, my agent's just waiting outside. And I'd be like, what's an agent? I'd be like, I'm just turning up here and hoping someone feels sorry for me. <laughs> but um that's yeah, confidence, I, man. That's confidence. Whether it's confidence or stupidity, I'm not sure. I think there's a borderline. <laughs> but there was one audition where I had to be 18. And I think I was still 17 at the time because I read it in the newspaper called The Stage. I'd go into the library, look for the auditions and then turn up. And this one said 18 plus only. And I was 17, like fresh 17 year old. I was like, I'm going anyway. So I just turned up and they were like, how old are you? I was like, 18. <laughs> I know it's not a big deal, but um, I told a few of the other girls outside. I was like, I'm not 18 yet. I was like, I'm just turning up anyway because I really just want the experience. So, yeah, that was that. I love that. And and chances are you would have been 18 by the time it went to stage anyway. So, yeah. But yeah, I wish I still had that confidence. Like if I turn up now, I'd be like, oh, my God, what are they? What if they ask me to do this? And what if they ask me to do that? Because sometimes in auditions, I didn't know what they were going to ask for. So sometimes you'd go in there and be like, we just want people who can do a double pirouette. And I was like, is that it? And then other times they'd want someone who can sing, dance, juggle, act, tightrope walk, and God knows what else. And there was one audition I went to. They were like, we just want to see people who can do a triple pirouette. And I was like, oh my God, I can do a double, but not a triple. So there was me like trying to get my Lego. Like, yeah, it it was interesting. Because obviously I couldn't do it but I turned up and was like, yeah, I can do that. (laughs) There's lots of amateur dramatic groups that would love to have your experience and talent. So that would be a fun way to start. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I wouldn't know where to look, but I'd I'd give it a go. I wouldn't mind. (laughs) I guarantee there's community groups. If you went on Facebook, pretty much every community has a Facebook community for their village or town. Mm -hmm. Just saying. That would be interesting. Okay, thank you. You've put the germ in my mind now. So I'm like, yes, let's get in. Yes, Jerry Pop on stage. And we'll wait to find out where. <laughs> in the meantime, if you want to contact Jade, you can contact Jade Matthews with two T's and an S on the end. Thank you for, uh, for doing that. Because I always have to specify two T's if I'm on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Jade Matthews with an S on the end as well uh, on Facebook. I tested it with uh, like a a blank account and it does come up. So you will find Jade very easily there. So get in touch with Jade. And Jade, do you want to just tell us about your uh, challenge that's coming up in October? Yeah, for sure. Um, It's the Get Fit with flexible training and nutrition. And it's all about having to mold your training and your nutrition around your lifestyle, your timings, doing everything on your time and understanding that 
it's progress over perfection so that women can get on top of their health, fitness and their body goals as well in a sustainable manner so that they can actually stick to it, see it through, ultimately hit their goals and then feel confident and body confident all the way through. So the links are all in my bios on Facebook. You'll see the sign up link to get to secure your spot on the wait list for the body um, for the for the five day challenge. I love that progress over perfection. And that's all that every, all the information's on my profile, basically. So if you click on the link that's in my bio, it will be on there. And any more information that you want on the five day challenge that kickstarts October 4th. Great. So if you want to get in, in, in touch with Jade, if you want to get in on the uh, challenge, I'm really I'm excited. I, I'm, I'm going to get in on this challenge. Oh, my God. I love it. Yes. I'd love to have you there. I, I, I love that because it's, you know, it's one thing to kind of go, yeah, I know a lot of the stuff, but are you doing it? Yes, you know? exactly. <laughs> and I think I think there's there's a time for us all to take opportunities that are offered to us to sort of check in with those things and go, yeah, I knew that. I'm not doing it. Hmm, what's going on there? And mm -hmm. just go a little bit deeper and a little bit further each time and 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 just find the thing. You will get something out of the five day challenge. Tell me when it's starting again. 4th of October? Yeah, Monday, 4th of October. Amazing, amazing. So go to Jade Matthews, two T's and an S on the end, uh, on Facebook and get involved in the challenge. I'm going to be there. I'm very excited. Please, I'm so, please bring your, your amazing self, your amazing energy. I can't wait to have you there. And I will, um, I'll look forward to, I mean, we, I mean, Cherry Pop is out there already anyway. <laughs> so I, I will look forward to some sort of pizzazz. With, yeah yeah with the workouts 100% yeah the there won't be live workouts there won't no there won't be live workouts but the first day you you understand because there'll be a pdf um and instructions and a video for each and every day so everybody will know what they're doing all you need is literally half an hour of your day that is it that is just to prove to women that yeah this can be done on your time and you don't need all the time in the world because women think like they have to be in the gym for hours and hours and it's like you don't in fact, no. you don't even need to be in the gym, period. If, like, <laughs> If you're thinking, oh, yeah, no, but I'm not in the right shape for it. Well, then join me in, in the challenge because I am definitely not. And I, I'm, you know, rebuilding. So um, I'm excited to do that with Jade and anybody else who's joining. Oh, I'm so excited. Thank you. Thanks for this. This has been such a fun hour. Thank you so, so much for having me. It is such a pleasure. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for sharing your work. Thank you for, for you know, letting people get involved. If you are listening to this and you've missed the October challenge, go check out Jade Matthews on Facebook and find out when the next one is because there will be more. So, you know, go, go, go and reach out to Jade and, um, and, and find out how you can work with her. Jade, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I've had so much fun. It's such a pleasure. I'm Heather Jean. This is Jade Matthews. And I'm reminding you that it is your body. It is your world. And it is your stage. Take up space. Own it. Thank you. Mm -hmm.